Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Read More Podcast, the show that brings readers and writers together. I'm your host, Marva Hinton. Today, I'm meeting with Mong Jin about her critically acclaimed short story collection, Self-Portrait with Ghost, which came out this past summer. Mong is also the author of the novel, Little Gods. She will be appearing at the Miami Book Fair next month to discuss the collection. Self-Portrait with Ghost includes 10 stories, which are linked by themes of isolation, frayed relationships, death, and the desire for connection. Mong, thank you so much for coming on Read More to talk about your work. Thank you so much for having me, Marva. It is a pleasure. All of these stories are just so interesting. And as a reader, I love the way they kept me guessing throughout. I understand that you wrote them during the Trump administration and the first year of the pandemic. Um, I remember that during 2020, there were some writers who said they were struggling to create because just of everything associated with COVID, it was too difficult. And then there were others who found that the forced isolation of this time really forced them to sit down and go to work. What is it about this time that helped you to build this collection? Yeah, I think for me, um, it was a matter of timing and also of, I think, you know, who I am (laughs) as well. Um, I, um, so Little Gods, my first novel came out in uh, January of 2020, um, which is just like two and some change years ago, but feels like another era. Um, Somehow, I remember at the time, um, Trump was being impeached, and we were like, that's the craziest, how crazy, how crazy our lives are that we're watching another president get impeached. Um, And, um, and then, and so I did all the sort of debut novel stuff um, in January and February of that year, and then March. Um, we went into lockdown. And by that time, I was sort of, um, I I was uh, sort of, I guess, um, I was tired from book tour, but also, but also I was um, trying to um, process, I guess, the shock of, um, of becoming an author, you know, um, of um, having this thing that was my private source of enchantment. Um, I thought I sort of thought of my novel uh, as a hiding place, and I hid in it for many years. And having this thing suddenly be public, um, it was it was pretty shocking. So in March, um, when the lockdown orders came, obviously I was, um, you know, terrified and. Um, and um, confused like everyone else was. But um, I also, at the time I thought, who knows how long this is gonna, this lockdown is gonna last. I, in my head, I was like, it's a six week writing residency and all my, you know, all the rest of my events got canceled. Um, and I was pretty relieved to have, to no longer have to do them. Um, and I just, um, treated it as a, as a time to write. And because um, I, I, I grew up pretty solitary. Um, and so actually the sort of constraints of the pandemic um, 
felt like a recall of some um, childhood um, moments and experiences, and I was um, and I knew how to be happy in that in that space because I knew how to how to be happy in my mind and and with books and with writing. So um, yeah, so I I wrote to. Um, I mean, I think I always write to live, but those 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 days, it really felt like I was writing to live. There are a lot of characters in this collection who are dealing with isolation, um, who feel a deep sense of loneliness. Uh, they're actually characters who are living during the pandemic we're currently in and characters who are living in pandemics to come. What made you want to write about how people function when they're forced to be isolated and have this deep desire to connect? Yeah, I mean, that's such a good question. Um, whenever somebody asks, what made you want to write this? It's it's hard for me to answer because um, it just, because uh, it's not a completely conscious process um, for me as a writer. Um, I think these are questions that I'm constantly gravitating towards. Um, I'm one of the things that I uh, am always trying to do in my writing is to try to understand or witness um, some aspect of what it's like, what it's like to be alive today. Um, how it feels to live in this world. Um, and I think isolation, obviously isolation and loneliness were a big part of the pandemic, but I think that those are isolation and like the, the atomized individual, they're, they feel to me also like um, pretty defining aspects of our contemporary life um, under capitalism in America in particular. Um, and, and like I mentioned before, you know, uh, my childhood was rather isolated and lonely. And so, um, it's always, and my childhood was, um, associated with, um, you know, immigrating to America. So to me, um, American life, contemporary American life, um, well, I think will always be linked with loneliness and isolation. And the pandemic was a moment that like, you know, brought brought that feeling that that was in the air to an extreme, right? And like crystallized it. Death is also all over this collection from the title, Self-Portrait with Ghosts to the first story, Philip is Dead to multiple characters who have lost their mothers, to those who are preparing for doomsday and listening to audiobooks about it. Did these stories simply spring from the fact that we were all surrounded by death in the early days of COVID? Or did your inspiration come from somewhere else entirely? Um, I think probably a little bit of both. Um... Yeah, I mean, in one of the stories towards the end, The Garden, um, which is a story that is specifically interested in um, how it felt to be alive during the pandemic. Um, 
uh, I think there's some some line about death being being around us um, everywhere in different forms. Um, and yeah, so that was definitely part of it. I mean, I think another reason that um, I'm interested in death, well, that sentence sounds a little funny, but <laughs> in the context of this conversation, you know what it means, um, is, is that I'm interested in in life, right? And I'm interested, I'm, uh, I'm always, every day I wonder, uh, how, how should I be alive? And, um, and death is, uh, you know, death and life are part of the same thing. Um, they don't exist without the other. Um, so I think, actually, a lot of people have asked me this question that, that, um, they've noticed a lot of readers have noticed that my stories are interested in death and that's um an observation that i myself um couldn't make because i've all i guess i feel that um i didn't i didn't realize i was interested in death i always knew that i was i was curious about life for the most part these stories either take place in san francisco or in china and we also see lots of characters who leave China for the U.S. And in turn, we see characters who are left behind. As a writer, what is it that fascinates you about this dynamic of separation from the familiar and the journey into the unknown? Hmm. What is it that interests me about the separation from the familiar and the journey into the unknown? Yeah, what a big... What a one beautifully phrased question. I feel like the answer is in the question itself. How could you not be interested in that? <laughs> I guess is my is is my um immediate response. Um I think I mean one thing that I'm deeply interested in as a writer is uh, like I said before, um sort of witnessing and articulating what how it feels to be alive um and um and another way of putting that is that i'm interested in dailiness and in um how it feels to live in days right from moment to moment um from day to day um and and also in making in um finding enchantment in the mundane um and I think that there's a there's I'm really delighted when I can take something that I see every day and um sort of uh like apprehend it as if I were seeing it for the first time, as if it were take something familiar and um I'm really delighted whenever like you know, like this morning I was walking my dog. Like if I'm walking the, uh, my dog and I see a tree that I see every day, but it feels like suddenly it's like, it's just so beautiful today. And it feels like I've never seen it before. And that's like a mundane experience of um, something that is familiar that suddenly becomes unknown. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's what I'm interested in, in, in life and, and in writing. In the last story in your collection, The Odd Women, you pay homage to three of the giant 
women writers in science fiction. Octavia Butler, Ursula K. Le Guin, and Vandana Singh. How did their work influence yours? Yeah, I mean, I love uh, Ursula K. Le Guin's writing and Octavia Butler's writing and Vandana Singh's writing. Um, each of these writers showed me a way into speculative fiction um, that um, made that genre exciting and alive to me. Um, Vandana Singh writes about science with such beauty um, that um, her work makes me feel like it's like the concepts that are like vibrating, like um, like philosophical ideas or like works of art that there isn't this great gulf between science and art. Um, Octavia Butler, her worlds are just, you just want to go live in those worlds. I feel like her work makes you dream of the future <laughs> um, and like hope for the future to arrive um, for the strangeness of the future to arrive. Um, and Ursula Le Guin, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a follower. <laughs> I'm a follower of her and the way that she's sort of subverted um, heroic, uh, you know, the like heroic arc that's typically in speculative fiction and also in a lot of um, other other types of stories as well. So um, when I wrote The Odd Woman um, and I was looking for names for my characters um, and these three names came to me, um, they had a sort of similar rhythm, Octavia, Ursula, Vandana. Um, it uh, it was it was like a gift. It was a it was wonderful. You mentioned the relationship between art and science, and we see that a lot with your characters. A lot of the characters they either uh, work with visual art, or they are or they are musicians. Um, is that something that you were taking from your background? There's just so much detail I'm thinking about in certain stories about various art forms. So I wonder, did that come from your research or was there something in your background that you were pulling from to write those? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, not something serious in my background. Like I'm not a accomplished uh, visual artist or a musician, but I do love visual art and I love music. Um, and um, I think um, we were talking earlier about sort of the timing of when I wrote this book, uh, when I wrote the stories in this book. And a lot of them were written after, um, after I published my first novel. Um, and so I think quite naturally, I was wondering um, for myself, you know, what it means to be an artist, what it means to um, spend your days uh, making things that don't have any use <laughs> in the world um and uh but when just thinking about writing all day can be a little insular um you can get a little bored of yourself um so uh going into these characters who were also artists but working in different forms um was exciting uh for me do you have a story in this collection that you feel is a little bit closer to you, a little closer uh, 
not in terms of you called a favorite, but maybe the characters are just a little bit more dear to you, uh, or you feel even more protective of them? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. I think they're all sort of intimate to me in different ways. Um, probably this is how parents feel about their children when you ask them which one is your favorite. Um, I think um, the odd woman is very intimate to me, uh, the specific characters in that, in that story. Um, Three Women is very intimate to me because of its form and its um, language. Um, it was a story that sort of came out all at once and felt, um, I had one of those rare experiences in writing where um, it just comes out and then it's done. And I heard it and and was able to sort of capture the thread of what I was hearing and put it onto the page. Um, yeah, but they're all, but they all have a little piece of, um, piece of me inside them. I know for me as a reader, I felt like I was really drawn to Selena and Ruthie and mm -hmm. suffering. I have to, mm -hmm. I, I don't like to give spoilers away on the show, but I so want to ask you like, what was up with Ling and suffering? <laughs> well, maybe we can do that outside of the well, show. No, it's fine. I'm happy to talk about it. Um, I, I don't think that my stories are really spoilable um, because um, for me, there, it's not about the plot necessarily, but not about like what happens so much as how or why um, it happens. What's up with Ling? Uh, what's up with Ling? She's grieving. Um, she's grieving and she's feeling um, I think she's in her, in like the intensity of her grief, um, she um, she has sort of made herself holy, and there's this moment there. There's like this border, I think, between um, you know, you had these moments where you like feel that everything in the world is connected, and you can sort of like sense and intuit how things are um, how how things are working, and so Ling, I think. Ling has that Ling in, I, I named her Ling. Um, it, uh, the Chinese word is like energy or spirit. Um, she has that spirit um, as everyone does. And, um, and in the intensity of her grief, it's a little overworked. <laughs> well, I just found her to be a, a very compelling character. And I really enjoyed that Thank story. I want to just for a few minutes now talk about what you like to read. Um, mm. Do you have any what I like to call go-to books that you find yourself returning to again and again? There's just something there that is constantly drawing you to that book and you've maybe read it many times. Yeah, I mean, I think I have like phases of go-to books. Um in when I was learning to write um in like for my first novel um I read all of uh Louise Glick's poems um and she her poetry really in some ways like taught me how to write um and I also uh was obsessed with Elena Ferrante Neapolitan novels 
um, in this phase of, but now those, those feel like, like my, my like exes. <laughs> um, right now, I'll just, the book that is right next to me um, is Arthur Z's The Glass Constellation, um, new and collected, it's his collected poems. Um, and I, I don't know when I feel lost, I come back to this book and, um, and, and read the poems. Um, I'm also really obsessed currently with a writer uh, named Natalia Ginsberg, who's um, an Italian Jewish writer. And she, I, her, her work is so, um, so light. Uh, a colleague of mine recently described her prose as like a light souffle, <laughs> uh, a souffle made out of light, not a light adjective souffle, but a souffle made out of light. And I think that's the perfect, perfect description of her work. Um, it's so, um, some of the subjects that she's writing about, um, like, for instance, World War II, her husband's, um, uh, you know, torture and death in a prison, <laughs> that those sort of things are uh, deeply um, tragic, but her, but her writing just feels like suffused with light and laughter and humor, which um, is uh, the, her, her writing helped me um, survive the pandemic too, you know? Um, so yeah, those are the two writers right now that um, I'm, I'm, that come to my mind. There are many more uh, that are not coming to my mind right now, but those two um, I return to uh, in this phase um, for guidance. Well, I want to ask you also about the flip side of that. Do you have a book that comes to mind that maybe everyone else seems to love, you know, like the mm -hmm. general reading public and, and the critics, but just for you, it didn't really work or you couldn't find a way in. And so, you know, maybe you didn't even finish it. Probably a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't think of one immediately. Oh, I guess, I mean, like some of the, like I've never read Infinite Jest. It does, it seems like infinitely tedious. <laughs> I've gotten that uh, answer before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. it's I mean it's easy to it's um yeah okay well, we, can, <laughs> we can leave that there uh are you already working on something new yes I am um I'm working on a novel called my fake memoirs um well theoretically I'm working on it Right now, I'm in the middle of a teaching semester, and it's hard for me to write while I'm teaching. So theoretically, I'm working on it. I wrote some of it this summer. Okay. Well, that sounds really interesting. Is there anything you can tell us about it, or is it too soon? Um, it might be a little too soon. Okay. Well, we'll come back to that. Maybe we can have you on the show again, and we can talk about it. Mong Jin, thank you so much for coming on and taking the time to talk to us about your work. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and for reading the book. You can see Mong at the Miami Book Fair on Sunday, November 20th.
Please go to our website, readmorepodcast.com to get the details. You can also find out how to win a free copy of Self-Portrait with Ghosts. And you can also help Mong and the show by buying her book on our site. You can follow us on Twitter at Read More Podcast and like us on Facebook. Join us again in two weeks for another edition of the show that brings readers and writers together. Until then, I'm Marva Hinton reminding you to read more.